talk about some significant day on the biblical calendar. Yes, this day is in the Bible, and that's one of the reasons we stop and talk. So if God put it there, it's to teach us something. And we want to encounter Jesus in a way we've never encountered him before. And I hope that this accomplishes uh, something for you. Now, you might remember this verse from John 2. Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. And they replied, it has taken 46 years to build this temple. You're going to raise it in three days? But of course, the temple he had spoken of was his body. Now, after he said that, of course, uh, he was crucified and resurrected. And in uh, 40 days, he ascended. Ten more days, the Holy Spirit was released on the on the Pentecost. And time went forward. And things in Jerusalem got pretty bad. In fact, over the next 40 years, things got so bad, the Talmud bears record to a spiritual decay among the people, such that murders became so widespread that the Sanhedrin ceased to adjudicate capital crimes such as homicide. What does that tell you about a society? And why does that cause you to uh, shake a little bit at America in this moment? They had totally missed their Messiah. And what came next was going to be impossible to miss. Now, there is a, two different temples. Solomon had one. And, of course, it was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar. The second was rebuilt, and then Herod rebuilt it completely. And the real big difference about the destruction was the first temple and the second temple, well, the first time they went into exile for 70 years, they got to return and rebuild the temple. The second time, which was 70 A.D., they were thrown out of the land. Not long after the triumphal entry in 33 AD, as Jesus walked through the eastern gate or the golden gate, Jesus predicted that destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. Said not one stone would be left on another. And that's exactly what happened in 70 AD when four Roman legions breached the city walls and destroyed the city until there was nothing left to make those that came believe Jerusalem had ever been inhabited. Hundreds of thousands of Jews perished. Looted treasures were carried off to Rome, along with about one-third of the population carried off as slaves. You can go underneath that western wall today and still see the 10 mark from the 10th Roman Legion that was there. The conquering general, Titus, refused the victory wreath. Why? Because he thought there was no merit in vanquishing a people forsaken by their own god. This was a godless Roman. God wanted to be very clear just how profoundly they missed him 2,000 years ago. And even though today, most of the Israelites still haven't been able to hear or receive the good news of Jesus Christ and recognize Yeshua, their Messiah, but many, many have, and still are today. The message was very loud. After almost 60 years of peace, after the temple was destroyed, many of the Jews just began coming back, buying land, restarting their lives. But then the bar Kokhba revolt exploded. There is an emperor by the name of Hadrian. He came to build a temple to Jupiter on the site of the destroyed temple around 130 AD. In fact, he wasn't uh, doing what they thought he was going to do. He was coming to Jerusalem to defeat Christianity due to its rapid spread across the empire. They just thought he was coming for them. But Rome, once they revolted, sent 
not four legions, they sent ten legions, a third of the entire army, the entire empire, and killed 580,000 Jews. The Romans erased any ancient names, associations with Israel and Judah. They banned the Mosaic law and Judaism in the city. Circumcision was forbidden. Jews were expelled from the city and barred Jews from entering Jerusalem except once a year. Can you guess what day that was? Today, Tishabayov, Jews were forbidden to reside within a 10-mile radius of Jerusalem. They could only come back today. Hadrian did rebuild Jerusalem as a Roman colony, and uh, he renamed the city Aila Capitolina, and the province was renamed Palestine, eliminating the very name of Israel. Sites which had been association with Jesus, Hadrian built pagan temples and shrines over them. Three years later, in conformity with Roman custom, Jerusalem was plowed with a yoke of oxen and sowed with salt. Emperor Constantine I, who brought back the name Jerusalem in 324, that was the first, as mentioned again. That was a long time. God prophesied the departure of his glory in Deuteronomy 31. Here's what he said. Then my anger shall be aroused against them in that day, and I will forsake them, and I will hide my face from them, and they shall be devoured and many evils and troubles shall befall them, so that they will say in that day, Have not these evils come upon us, because our God is not among us. In Hosea 9.12, God proclaimed, Woe to them when I depart from them. You see, God's Shekinah glory came to dwell in the temple built by Solomon and remained in the temple for centuries but after the Jews continued in false idolatrous worship, the presence of God left the temple prior to its destruction by the Babylonians. In Ezekiel 10, you can read the story. It begins with this image of these living cherubim carrying God's throne. And God gives the order to the man in linen to gather coals of fire from between the cherubim and scatter them over the city of Jerusalem. That's symbolizing the judgment. The glory or presence of God then begins to move from the Holy Holies to the threshold of the temple. And then that glory leaves the temple through the eastern gate, proceeds up to the Mount of Olives to the top, where Jesus would one day ascend, and it ascends to heaven. Even when the second temple was rebuilt after the exile, when everybody came back, God's glory did not occupy it. In fact, when the Shekinah glory came centuries later, the shepherds were the only ones to see the glory appear in the sky as the angels announced the birth of Jesus. When the Jews, or when Jesus was offered on the cross, the veil of the second temple was torn from top to bottom, showing that separation between God and a priest was done away with by Christ. Because the only time the Shekinah came in was whenever Jesus walked into the temple and walked out. Hebrews 10 says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. God's temple is now his church. He now dwells in us through the Holy Spirit, individually. In Revelation 21, we learn about the new Jerusalem on the new earth. I did not see a temple in the city, because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon or to shine on it, for the glory of God gives light. That's Shekinah. And the lamp, Lamb is its lamp. 
This is quite possibly the most important revelation we can grasp about the temple, as they're all mourning and mourning and mourning today about the destruction of the temple. The Messiah and his bride have become one. The temples of old were always just a place for man to encounter God. Even now, we are the temples of God because he's dwelling in us here on the earth. Each of the temples that were destroyed and the tabernacle that preceded them were in fact representative of Jesus. They were never intended to last. They were always just a picture of what was coming when we would be one. In Jesus, he, the temple is eternal. For Christians, this day, right now, the Tisha B'Av is the time to examine our union with God. Are we living in revival? During the 21 days it just ended, our focus is on the sin and the condition of our hearts that made his glory depart. We need to learn the lesson of Tisha B'Av. It's a crucial lesson, and we don't want to miss it. And we're going to be talking about it today, and hope you enjoy and uh, as, as well give an opportunity to cry out to God on this day.